Good morning everyone, uh, welcome back to my third episode of my podcast, uh, this is Shay Cormack, uh, your Friday night DM, here to talk to you more and more about uh, the idea of running a hex crawl in your 5e game of Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, how to do it and why you'd want to do it. This morning I'd like to talk to you about designing your world and how you can start creating um, the content that you need to add a hex crawl into your game. Now you can uh, use a hex crawl in addition to your normal style of play to flesh out the travel between locations in your uh, adventure. A great example of this would be Lost Mines of Fandalva. It's quite a tra uh, traditional uh, type of adventure where there's a strong storyline and uh, there's certain baddies to beat and milestones to achieve but sometimes you travel from location to location from the town to the to an abandoned fortress or whatever and on the way uh, use, use a hex map and some random rolls to determine if anything interesting happens to you on the way so you can definitely add a hex crawl into your current adventure or into adventure you're planning soon and use it just to flesh out that those travel portions of the adventure or and this is what i'm going to advocate to you now you can make the hex crawl the central element of the game you don't introduce a strong storyline you don't uh, push the players in any any real direction other than what they choose the reasons you might do this are you're allowing the players to drive the action and you're allowing the combination of the players choices and the random roles um, on the various tables to let storylines and concepts emerge spontaneously surprising storylines and ideas that are not just a surprise for the players but for you as the dm there's another thing i want to mention i'm not sure if it really fits in here but another great reason to play a hex crawl as a dungeon master is you get to play the game in a normal traditional style of dnd the dm knows everything that's going to happen in fact, the DM, uh, part of his job is to try and make sure the player characters get to various places and do various things so that they can proceed along the, uh, the narrative storyline and get to the goal. But in a hex crawl, it's very easy for the DM to um, be surprised by the events that occur and get to roll lots of dice. You know, one of the big fun things about playing a character uh, in D&D is you get to roll the dice all the time and see what happens well as a dm of a hex crawl you get to roll the dice a lot and see what happens um, as you create a world through your tables so that, but uh, let's reel it back so designing uh, your hex crawl now there's, there's probably the first step is just thinking about the world you want to create now not going too far down this path because you want to leave it a blank slate in a lot of ways for the players and yourself to create and develop as you play but you're going to need a bit of a framework and at the very minimum you're going to want a map and the second thing I would suggest is a couple of loose themes that you're interested in pursuing 
as a dungeon master or maybe the idea of having a front now a front uh, is is a style of play or a game aid or tool that's used in a couple of other role-playing games a front is the idea of having possibly a bad guy or some kind of um, enemy or challenge that's always at work always developing um, always threatening uh, to advance and uh, I find having something like this is useful as well because presenting the players with an open world where they can just wander around um, to their heart's content is a great idea but there's a possibility they will just wander around um, and have no real impetus to keep uh, pushing forward now in my game for example I'm fascinated with the idea of Dark Sun which I've never played but from what I understand the terrain and the weather especially the extreme heat is extremely difficult for the player characters to navigate and can have some extreme consequences for them I really wanted to do something like that so I decided what I was going to have in my world was I was going to have a an unending winter that was going to be like the central tenant of the whole thing that winter hadn't ended it was just getting worse and the way I implemented that was I made a weather table that had lots of bad weather on it and I, at the extremes of that table uh, there was blizzard conditions that would be imposing severe penalties on the players um, and potentially uh, levels of exhaustion on them once a long time ago I nearly even did a TPK on the uh, party because they spent two or three days in a blizzard so I had a front an idea that I've got this really bad weather and if nothing else the players might be motivated to figure out what's going on with the weather and fix it because they hate walking through blizzards at the very minimum let alone the fact that every time they meet a farmer he's complaining about his crops the, there's one other idea I wanted to look at a little bit and I wanted the players to have a complicated relations relationship with the goblins that inhabit the land and I know because of uh, the way the tables and stuff work that sometimes when you meet a monster potentially a goblin when I roll on the reaction table for the monster the monster might be friendly might be indifferent so I thought there's a real chance that when they meet goblins they may not ultimately end up in combat with them and what if I just add one little theme in that's going to make it a little bit ambiguous and I decided that I might make the goblins to be the indigenous people of the land uh, and that they were slowly getting pushed out of their uh, indigenous lands by the encroaching settlers and uh, they're being pushed into a part of the part of the land which is infested with undead uh, and they're not happy about it and in fact now that the weather's turning bad um, and a lot of the settlers are leaving uh, due to their crops failing the goblins are starting to come back into this region and uh, now there's a little bit of a conflict between the settlers and the goblins over land rights and a complicated relationship potentially between the, the players, <coughs> the goblins and the settlers. So those were the two main ideas I had about having some kind of interesting stuff going on to define the world but other than that I wanted to keep my hands off um, what was going on and just let happen what the characters in the random dice would uh, create so the next thing I had to do was create a map and it was really easy 
there's a program on the on the internet you can search for called Hexographer. That's called Hexographer, and it's really easy to use. I would imagine almost anyone after playing around with it with a, for about half an hour will be creating their own maps with ease. <coughs> Excuse me. And the most important thing about creating um, a map to start with in your um, hex crawl is to create a safe location. Now this is another place where you have a choice. Do you make the safe location a castle or a keep? Is it a fortified town? What is it? And whatever it is, put that down on the map and then start thinking about the world around it. Um, what, I, what I did was I put mine, my town, like a fortified town, right on the coast. So one, in one direction it's all ocean and in the other direction uh, there was grasslands. So what you might want to do, and this really relates to 5e really good, is have the areas directly around your safe space be a great place for low-level characters to play and adventure in. So I started off with having grasslands that the adventurers could, adventurers could go out into, and when I created the tables of what monsters might populate that area, I was thinking about CR0 through to CR3 encounters. So encounters that would um, occasionally be really challenging for first level characters, but by the time they got to third level characters they could probably uh, go toe to toe with most of the things they would encounter in that region, and then they might feel, um, or uh, then they might feel uh, comfortable to move into the next region. So it was almost, you could think about it, like concentric circles. So for, for a day or so's worth of travel, in my case I, I did, overdid this a little bit, I made it two days worth of travel, kind of a big swath of uh, grasslands, so that I have to travel at least two days to get out of the easy area. Um, and then beyond that I put a forest, and the forest was definitely more challenging. I was thinking about, okay, level characters level four through six would find this challenging. Um, and but if if any of the level zero through uh, sorry one through three characters went there, they might get their asses kicked. Then I made a hill area, again increasing the challenge. Uh, I thought you know characters between the ranges of five to eight or nine would find this a challenge. And then I kind of bounded the whole area with a series of mountain mountains, which would be very difficult. And in fact, somewhere in those mountains would live a white dragon, who is the source of the unending winter. So there's potentially an end point to this game where they find the white dragon, kill him, fix up the weather, and everything goes back to normal. There's a few ways of doing the map and, and uh, some people who make their hex crawl on an island. So even though you can go anywhere, there is a border to it. That's why I used ocean on one side of my map and I bounded the rest with virtually impassable mountains uh, so you can bound in your your area although saying that I've bounded in my area I calculated the um, the square miles of the world I'd created uh, on an A3 piece of paper and it was the same size as the country I live in New Zealand and so you could walk around New Zealand having adventures for a long time before you covered all the ground and in fact I think I found that my hex crawl is maybe a little bit too big 
and some of the travel distances a little bit too far um, as the game went on and I did find a workaround for that later on. I created new safe places um, deeper into the map so that they could kind of not have to walk for three days to get to the area they wanted to be in um, all the time. So I think that's the, I'm hoping I've covered some of the basics of how to create a map or the ideas that you want to be keeping in mind when you create a map and, and uh, maybe a few themes you could add in or a front that you could add in. These are all definitely fronts. It's definitely something you can look up on the internet and find out more about uh, what you might do with a front. Um, and I would just encourage you, if you're using Anchor to listen to this podcast, the Anchor app, you can actually push the button in the, I think it's the top right hand corner, and record a message that will be sent to me, an audio message. You can send me mess, uh, questions and or comments. I can add them in to the following episode of this podcast and answer those questions and hopefully elaborate, elaborate on anything that I've missed out. So I'm still encouraging everyone to give this uh, idea of running a hex crawl a go. Uh, DMs, the other th- one more reason why you should try it out is because there's a bit of preparation up front to gather together some materials like some one-page dungeons and some small adventures and encounters and stuff like that and, and make a few pages worth of uh, tables. But after that, the preparation levels are very low. And most weeks when I'm coming up to run a game, I don't do anything. Occasionally for fun, I'll be motivated and I'll make another one or two one-page dungeons to add into the mix. Or if I know they're going to, to fight a specific bad guy, especially if it's kind of like the, the mini boss of the region, I might do something special like put together some 3D terrain or make a special dungeon for that, uh, that boss. But other than that, I just turn up with my tables and my dice ready to play. So have fun guys, and I'll talk to you again soon.